Alright, so it's Valentine's Day, and I'm thinking that this episode I'm going to be talking a lot about um, finding love in the LGBT community and all of the pressure surrounding that. And I just want to start off with saying that I am a lesbian, and I have found that my experience within the LGBT community has been one of love and acceptance and beauty. It is all of the outside pressures that contribute to what I'm going to be speaking about today. And hopefully you'll be able to see that as we go on. I spent Valentine's of 2018 with my ex-girlfriend that I dated solely because I wanted to prove to people that I was a lesbian. I had absolutely no interest in being involved in a romantic relationship. But when the opportunity presented itself, I jumped right on it because I thought that it would somehow validate who I was to people who didn't believe that I deserved validation. Valentine's Day is a very (laughs) stressful holiday (laughs) when you're in a relationship because, you know, you have to worry about buying gifts for another human being, and I didn't know anything about that, but I did my best. (laughs) And I don't know, just in general, the holiday has a lot of pressure built into it. Like, people who are in relationships have a lot of pressure to prove that they love the people they're in relationship with, and people who aren't in relationships have all of this pressure all of the sudden surrounding them not being in a relationship and it can turn into like this really stressful and sad holiday for people. Aside from the one Valentine's Day that I spent with a girlfriend, Valentine's Day in general has never been stressful for me because my parents just make it this really cute time to like give my little sister and I a card and a treat and a little present and it's just I don't know, like, it's always just been fun. It's kind of like, it's it's kind of just something to look forward to. It's never been stressful. But I get where the stress is coming from because, first of all, I have been in a relationship on Valentine's Day. And second, I think that we all hope, at least a little bit, on those holidays that you're supposed to be spending with loved ones, that you are surrounded with loved ones. I can imagine that for people who don't have parents who do what my parents do on Valentine's Day. It can feel very lonely to not have somebody to give you gifts. Like, I get that. This holiday just always causes me to take a step back and question whether I am dedicating enough time to showing people that I care about them and that they're loved on every other day of the year. I celebrate, obviously, with my family and take take the gift and the card from my parents. But at the same time, I'm thinking about the ways in which I can show my friends and the people that I care about that I do care about them. That's something that's always been really important to me is that those people in my life understand that I'm there for them and that I care and that I love them. And, you know, I haven't always been the best at showing that to everybody, but I try. Like, I think that's what's important is that we try to ensure that those people understand and hear that we care about and love them. I recognize that this message that I'm giving you is, in fact, very (laughs) cheesy. Like, I get it. I get that talking about love and relationships in general is very cheesy, and I 
I just don't care because I know that for as many people of you out there who are thinking this message is so cheesy and just terrible and like (laughs) I'm so sick of hearing about relationships and I don't want to dedicate my Valentine's Day to listening to that crap. Um, There are at least six of you out there who need to hear this message. So I'm going to put it out there anyway because I think that it matters and that it's important to remind people that love is not just reserved for specific holidays. It is something that should exist in your life on every single day of the year. It's not just about Valentine's Day. And as cheesy as that message is, I think that it's important and I know of a lot of people who need to hear it. I am 19 years old, turning 20 this year, and I've only ever had one relationship. And let me tell you, my first experience with discovering what it was like to love someone wasn't great. I mean, I I got into the relationship for a lot of reasons that a person should never base their decision to date someone off of. One of those reasons being that when I first came out, I was 16 years old and I had so many people telling me that I was so young and that I was too young to know who I loved and who I wanted to be with and, you know, that I was just too inexperienced to understand what my sexuality is. I don't think that teenagers should be involving themselves in serious relationships because From what I've seen, most of them just end in a lot of pain. And I'm not about that. (laughs) Like, I want to do everything I can to avoid that. And unfortunately, because of the added pressure of trying to prove to people that I was, in fact, very gay, um, I let myself go down that kind of path when I had spent my entire life thinking oh, I'm not going to date anyone because that's just a terrible thing for me to put myself through. I did put myself through it, and it was a very weird experience for me. I think that a lot of teenagers get into relationships because they're trying to prove to their parents that they are mature enough to handle it. Or they're trying to prove that they're smart enough to decide who they're going to date and that they're responsible enough to handle that kind of situation but this experience that I had with dating in general was something that straight people really can't understand because it stems from a prejudice toward the queer community in general. I wasn't trying to prove that I was mature enough to handle a relationship. I knew in the back of my mind that I definitely wasn't. Instead I was trying to prove that I liked girls. Straight people don't have to go through that kind of thing. You don't have to prove to people that you like somebody of the opposite gender or that, in general, you are attracted to people of the opposite gender because that is the societal norm. So when people were telling me, oh, you're too young to know that you like girls, that was entirely invalidating a huge part of who I am. It wasn't just that they thought that my sexuality was going to change. It was that they thought that it was impossible for me, as a 16-year-old, to know what it was in the first place. When I first came out, I chose the label of polysexual, which means that you're attracted to multiple genders, but not necessarily all. 
I wasn't doing that because I thought that there was a chance that I was attracted to anybody but girls. <laughs> it was more that I thought that it would soften the blow, which is kind of a really toxic way of thinking, but in my mind I wanted to do everything I could to make it as easy for myself as possible, so that's what I did. In all honesty, I've known since I was 11 years old that I liked girls, and I've known since that age that there was no chance that I was ever going to fall in love with a boy. I was, I've, I've always been, for as long as I can remember, the opposite of straight. I just wanted to give people some hope that maybe I might turn out normal and see if maybe that would help them process the situation better and in a healthier way and in a way that would be less painful for me. I slowly but surely made the transition to calling myself a lesbian. And when I say that, I mean that, um... <laughs> I went on Instagram and changed my name to Dyke. And then I waited for people to notice. <laughs> so there was never any, like, official lesbian coming out. I came out the one time and then I continuously talked about my sexuality and my struggles with it and all of that stuff. So that nobody ever forgot it. It was anything but easy. Like, I, um... I have a lot of family members who stopped talking to me, a few of which still haven't spoken to me for, wow, we're coming up on four years. <laughs> That's a really long time. And I did, like, I did have acquaintances, classmates who just refused to associate themselves with me and I didn't really care, you know, because I would rather not be involved in the stupid drama and all of that stuff. Um, but I'm telling you, it, it definitely wasn't an easy thing for me. It wasn't as hard as it could have been, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that it was simple. But I don't think that anybody really has an easy time coming out in all aspects. Like, if your family's accepting, you probably still have friends or teachers who aren't, and so it's never just like a, an easy thing to do. Trying to find your place can be a very invalidating experience, but once you get to that point, you feel a kind of completion that I can't even begin to describe. So it's really all about holding on to the hope that one day you're going to figure it out, <laughs> and one day it's all just going to come together in your head and you're going to know. Once you get to that point, the amount of people that you've left behind like, it's just, it, it's not going to matter because you're going to come to the realization that you matter more and that you are the person that should matter the most to yourself. So a lot has changed since I first came out, but one thing that definitely has not changed is the fact that I am a lesbian. Like, that is just who I am. That's just a part of me. What has shifted is my confidence in saying that and expressing that to people. What has happened is that I have recognized that as a human being I am very fluid just like any other human being and I've accepted that aspect of myself. I've come to believe that that's something really important for everybody to understand is that we are constantly shifting and that there is nothing wrong with that. And I've actually had a lot of friends who have had the same experience as me in that regard. Like, 
I had a friend who came out as a lesbian, and then it turned out that he was trans. Um, you know, I think that we all do whatever we can to make sure that we're being as genuine as possible when we feel safe to be genuine. And I think that a part of that is understanding when we can't be fully honest about who we are. Unfortunately, like I, I would rather it not be that way for people. I would rather have it be that people can just come out and it's not a big deal. It'd be so cool if it was a safe enough environment at all times to just be who you are, but unfortunately it isn't and I understand that that's rough and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Is that for some people it's not that their gender or that their identity has changed, it's just the fact that now that they've grown into who they are they're more comfortable with expressing that and now that they've come into a safer place they're more comfortable expressing that. So um, that's one aspect of the LGBT community that can be really hard because I know that it's difficult for people who maybe at first they say that they're a lesbian and then they find out, hey, you know, I had a crush on this non-binary person, so maybe that makes me bi and then they start labeling themselves that way and it's difficult to find acceptance within the community in that regard. I definitely get that because when I first came out and then I made the transition into <laughs> into defining myself as a dyke, uh, people got very frustrated with that and, you know, I think that that's not the LGBT community's fault. It's the fault of the shame that we feel surrounding our sexualities and our preferences and our gender and our journey into that and out of it, you know? Like, that's just another thing that we all need to work on. It has nothing to do with the community being bad and everything to do with everybody needing to learn that life is a fluid experience. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's an easy discovery to make because it's not. Part of the only reason that I was able to make that discovery and learn that life is a fluid experience and that as a human being I am also fluid <laughs> is strictly because I am a very insightful person. Like, I am very connected to that part of myself that develops wisdom about the world. And it's not that it somehow makes me better than anybody else or smarter than anyone else. It's just that I happen to be more connected to that side of myself. And I think that that's something that happens to everybody is that we all slowly become more connected with that part of ourself that understands that we are taking up space in the world and that that space that we have matters. In the last episode, I talked about how parents need to be vulnerable with their children and just in general in order to cultivate growth. I want to make it clear that that doesn't only apply to parents and their children. Every single person has the ability to cultivate their own growth. I could sit here and say that I'm perfect and that I don't need to change anything, but that would be false because in reality, there are plenty of things about myself that could improve. And when I sit here with an inflated opinion of myself, I'm not improving the world around me and I'm not cultivating growth within myself or within my relationships with other people. And that is just a really unhealthy way to be. Like, we've all met those people who have such big heads that they can't admit when they're wrong and they can't admit when they're flawed. And we typically don't like spending time around people like that, so why would we allow ourselves to become those people? 
I guess if there was one thing that I would hope that everybody would take away from this episode, it's that people are fluid. We need to do whatever possible to make sure that we are allowing those in our lives to grow. That we are allowing them to take up the space that they make for themselves so long as it's not harming us or other people or themselves. We need to allow people to exist unapologetically. In order to truly live by that standard, I think we have to spend time looking inward and recognizing where our biases lie. And even more than that, we have to understand that those biases that we have can be changed. And we have to be able to recognize the difference between something that is causing us to be biased and something that is a part of our identity. Because a lot of the time I think people get confused between something that is a part of who they are and something that can be changed for the betterment of the people in their lives. When I talk about the biases that each of us have, what I'm mostly referring to is our values and principles. And I think the easiest way to explain the difference between our values and the things that make us who we are is using an example from my life. So I'm going to try that out and we'll see how it goes. I've mentioned before that I was raised Seventh-day Adventist. When I was younger, up until I was about 12 years old, I would identify myself as a Christian. Being Christ-like was a value that I had. I valued being a Christian. That was something that I believed was a part of my identity, and if you took that away from me, I would not be the same person. But it slowly became clear to me that that was not necessarily true because when you took away the instinct that I had which was telling me if I lost my faith in the God I was raised to believe in I would no longer be who I was I was still the same person I was able to let go of that and let go of the shame revolving around that and still be a good person because that religion was not who I am and I think that it's really important for all of us to identify that because we tend to spend a lot of time equating our worth with things that shouldn't necessarily determine how valuable we are. Identifying myself as a Christian didn't determine how valuable I was as a human being. The fact that I was connecting those two things in that way was very unhealthy. So I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that being a Christian is a bad thing to measure your worth off of. What I'm saying is, if it starts to become a negative experience for you, then it's worth reevaluating. I am not saying that attending church and adhering to a set of beliefs is wrong. What I am saying is that if that set of beliefs becomes your identity and you are no longer able to shift when it's necessary, then there is an issue. Our values and principles create our perceptions. And when we start to notice that there's a problem in our lives, the first place that we should always look is inward because those beliefs and values and principles that we hold on to could be causing us a lot of damage that we didn't even know existed in the first place. Once you're able to recognize part of what is creating this negative situation within your life is the way that you're perceiving the world and that that can be changed, it's very relieving. So I think that it's an important thing for all people to strive to accomplish. Ever since I realized that 
merging my worth with the faith that I had was creating this huge stress ball in my life that just hung over my head constantly. I promised myself that I was no longer going to base my worth off of things that ultimately don't define who I am. And part of that was looking around at the world and realizing that there are plenty of good people who don't necessarily adhere to a faith in the Christian God. There are plenty of good people who don't do that. So it isn't just about looking inward and re-examining your own values, but having an open enough mind to look at the world around you and realize there are so many different kinds of people who don't necessarily live the same way that you do that are just as valuable and just as worthy. Opening yourself up to that view of the world can really make you wonder what it is that makes a human being meaningful. So what is it that you believe makes a person meaningful? Is it the material things that they have, the amount of money that they make in a year, the religion that they adhere to, their gender, their sexuality, their race, their morals? Or is it simply the fact that they are human beings who are trying to make their way in a world that is so very against that? Mm -hmm.